Good afternoon, everyone. So a real delight to be here and speak. I don't I think it's a long time since I've spoken in this building, actually. It is a long, long time since I've uh, done it. It probably wasn't street passes when I last uh, spoke. So less than a week to Easter. We're in the Holy Week uh, now, going, f- going forward into Easter. Now, some people say Christmas is our day. Is Christmas our day? No. Might be Jesus' birthday, but Easter is our day. It's the day that our Lord Jesus Christ, he died on Good Friday, but rose again on Sunday. And we can rejoice, and we're here today because Jesus died and rose again and set each of us free from all of the sins, all of the things that held us. So if you've got your Bibles with us, I won't, I'll try not to say too much because I know I'm conscious on time today, but I still might say a lot anyway. But um, uh, for those of you that know me, I, I do sometimes. So, so we're talking about Mark 11, uh, 1 to 11. And it starts off here, it says, and I'm going to, I won't use my Bible because this, this thing's a bit loose here, so I think it might drop. So it says, as, as they approached Jerusalem, I can put it up on here, actually. Oh, he's done it. He's ahead of me. Good boy. Um, so as they approached Jerusalem, they came to Bethage and Bethany at, Mount, at the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you're doing this, say, The Lord needs it, and will send it back here shortly. They went up and found the colt outside in the street, tied in a doorway or at a doorway. As they untied it, some of the people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he just sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Now, what an amazing passage, eh? What an amazing... This is the triumphal entry of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ into Jerusalem. You know, and it was this very Sunday morning that Jesus fulfilled the ancient prophecy that the prophet Zechariah uh, uh, said many centuries ago. Zechariah had written these words about the coming Messiah. Are you with me? Yep, you are. And it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. See, this was prophesied over 500 years before that Jesus would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. This wasn't something new. This was prophesied 500 years, uh, years before. Now, there's loads that you can say about this. You know, it's spoke, you know, it's obviously spoken in all four Gospels. It talks about, you know, Palm Sunday, as, uh, as, 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 we, as we call it. But see, I believe God wants to remind us this morning of a number of truths 
from this passage. And I know some of you are already saying, well, this passage talks a lot about a donkey. And yes, it does talk a lot about a donkey. So you're right. And did you know the donkey is mentioned in all four Gospels? The donkey's mentioned in all four Gospels. I don't believe the palm leaves are mentioned in all four Gospels, but the donkey is. So it's quite important, uh, this, uh, uh, the, 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 this donkey. Now, I hope none of you are disappointed because there's going to be a little bit of learning from this donkey's journey this afternoon. And, but I do believe there's a lot that we can draw from this passage. So let's just start off with the first thing. See, the first thing is the donkey was chosen. The donkey, see, Jesus told the disciples to go up and fetch the donkey. And he said the colt, and he told them to say, uh, sorry, the donkey colt. And he he said, told them to say, the Lord needs it. Now, this donkey must have been the luckiest donkey in the world. It must have been, mustn't it? Because it carried the Lord, you know, it carried the Lord Jesus on its back. The saviour for the world, the saviour for each of us are here, you know, this afternoon because of what Jesus uh, did. And this was what the donkey, the task, the donkey were, uh, w- w- was, was given. So anyway, Jesus sent for, uh, sent for the donkey, but the donkey had already chosen that donkey. He told him, go and get a colt. So he knew what they were, you know, what they were, what they were going to get. Now a colt, for those, is, is, the, is a young one. And it's normally not, bro- not, not broken in. And it's normally not been ridden either. So how do we know you know, how can we relate this to us then? How do we know? See, the, in the Bible, the Word of God, the Book of Life, Ephesians 1.4 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And then it goes, in love. So he talks about in love. See, Jesus loves us more than any of us will ever, ever know. He loves us more than anybody Well, no. And then 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. And then John 6, 37, 17, 6, also using both the verses here, it says, if you have come to Jesus, the wonder is that you already belonged to the Father. And the Father gave you to Jesus. You were not chosen because you came. You came because you were chosen. Now, I don't know about you, I find this really exciting. Actually, God chose me before I went to him. He already knew. He already had me on his mind. And he cared about this guy who was pretty hopeless at the time and just needed uh, Jesus's, uh, uh, just needed Jesus' love. And then in Moses, again, it told the people in Deuteronomy 7, he said, the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth, it is not because you are more in number than any other people. The Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all uh, peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers. Again, because the Lord loves us and loves, loves you. So this, to me, this is amazing that the Lord set his love on you and I. 
And he chose us because the Lord loves us. And he loves you because, see, he loves you. He just loves us. The deepest and the ultimate base of God choosing Israel and God choosing us today is because he, lo- he, he loves us. See, the donkey was chosen and so were you. But I just wonder if somebody needs to hear it this afternoon. Because I think it's sad when people don't realise that God loves them. I think it's really sad because he does. He loves you more than you will ever know. And he wants you to come and just come to him. Come to him. So it says, then the next one says, I'm going to pull from this, is the donkey was tied up. And it needed letting go, didn't it? The donkey needed to be loose before anyone could do anything. And in King James Version, it does talk about being loosed, doesn't it? So, and it says here, they went out and found a colt outside in the street. And it's in verse 2. It says, it was tied at a doorway, and as they untied, and, and they untied it. See, the thing for us is we have to be careful in life because we can get tied up ourselves. That donkey was tied up. If someone hadn't untied it, they wouldn't have been able to use it. It would have been useless. He wouldn't have been able to have done what he needed to do. But the thing is, is we can be so tied up in things that we miss what God's got for us. We miss, you know, what can these things see? See, it may be that some say, but I don't struggle with things like other people. Because we can be a bit like that, can't we, sometimes? We can say, well, I don't understand why they, they're like that. Well, I don't understand why they're still struggling with that. But actually, the thing I always say is we never judge a person. Or ju- the phrase is you don't judge a man or a lady till you've walked in their shoes. Because we don't know. We've never, you know, we've never done it. But, you know, so some of us, you know, might not be tied up with things that others are tied up. And I might say to you, can you go all day without drinking alcohol? Now, some of you are going to say, it's easy because I don't drink. I like a glass of wine. Um, so... But another one would say, can I go a whole day without eating a bar of chocolate? That's an easy one, isn't it? Might not be for some of you, actually. But what about if I asked you this? Could you go a whole day without saying something negative or gossiping about someone? Woo! What about, you know... and? We all like it. I know, I've had times in my, you know, even in recent months where I thought, I'm feeling a bit negative. And I am, most people who know me, I'm, I try and be. Well, one of my clients always says, you're always glasses, always half full. He says, your glass is half full. But yeah, I much prefer the half full side than the half empty side. Because otherwise we focus on what's not right and what we need to focus on what's right. But, you know, but we can go around, you know, saying things negative or gossiping about something. But what other things can tie us up? It might be anger. It might be greed. It might be lust. It might be pornography. Fear of the future. You know, lots of people have come out of COVID really fearful of the future and what's going to, where's my life going to be? You know, we've got all these energy crises. We've got all these money crises. Banks talking about, you know, uh, uh, having problems at the moment. For some people, there is that real fear of the future. It might be fear of death. It might be fear of change. It could be alcohol, as I said earlier, for some. Sometimes it's guilt, it's bitterness, it's unforgiveness. Or it might be that one called selfishness, where we can be selfish at times. We always want to do everything our way and not others' ways or not, or, or not, God, or not God's way. 
But all I'd really just encourage you to say is, as I've you know, talked about things, if there's things in your life, and you know, just, I would just ask you to think through and say, is there things that we're refusing to let go of? Is there, are there things that we're refusing to hand over, hand, 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 hand over to God? Because it's, it's really important that if there are things that those things possibly are holding us back from doing what God wants us to do and what has God's got a plan for each and every one of our, our lives. And it could be those things that are holding you back. And in John 8, 36, Jesus makes this wonderful statement because I always say these things can ultimately steal your peace and joy. Yeah, when we're walking in sin, when we're walking in things that we know we shouldn't be, it will steal. I know even in my own life, it steals my joy. It steals, it steals my peace. And often it's a great barometer for me because I think, actually, there's something here that doesn't feel, doesn't feel right uh, in my life. But then there's this wonderful statement in John 8, 36. It says, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free. If the sun sets you free, you will indeed. Absolutely. And it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Then, you know, what we need to do is, is we need, if we've got things in our life, we need to ask Jesus, say, Jesus, if you're really struggling to lay it down and you know you need to lay it down, then I'd really encourage you just to start asking God, say, God, help me with this thing. I'm really struggling with this area. I'm struggling with this thing. Can you, you know, can, can, you, can you help me do this? Because I just wonder if there's some people here today that just know they need to let go of something and stop doing something. And I've had those times uh, in, in my life. When I preach a message like this, it does me just as good as it does anyone else, folks. I can honestly assure you. My wife said, why do you spend so much time doing this? I said, yeah, but I know for me is I have to know that I really feel like what I'm delivering is, is, is truth to you as, 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 as individuals. So I'm saying some of these things I've struggled with when we, you know, when, that I've shared early, earlier. So, um, but anyway, when we're tied up, it also stops us doing what I would say is our next point. When we're tied up, it stops us and it makes us unavailable to be used. You know, now sometimes we can still get by, but we still don't enjoy doing what we're, what we're, what we're doing. But being available and able to be used or obtained as, as means at someone's disposal, free and willing to do something, willing to be used. See, the donkey was willing to be used by the Lord. You might say, well, he had no choice. Yeah, he did have a, have a choice. He was a baby donkey, and that donkey could have seriously kicked off now, what they always say, a kick like a donkey, isn't it, they say? I think I read something, you know, loads of people get injured by donkeys every year. Now, this donkey hadn't been trained. So if this donkey hadn't been, you know, hadn't, hadn't, been, hadn't been trained, there was a good chance he could have refused to, to have gone with these, with, these, uh, you know, with, with these people, but he didn't. So the, don- the, do- the donkey went. Now, you know, one of the things I saw, and talk about someone who was available and able to be used. Um, it was a privilege, Dave, speaking at Mandy's funeral on uh, Friday, sorry. But one of the things about Mandy, for those of us that weren't, for those people who weren't there, as at her Thanksgiving, she was such an example of a prayer warrior. She was a local councillor, she was a street pastor, she was supporting refugees, she was involved with the Camrose Club, the English Cafe, and I'm sure many other things, Dave, that, you know, this, uh, this was a lady. And I worked with her on street passes for 11 years, so I was really fond of Mandy. And I loved her because she was one of, the, you know, there's a number of people that really encouraged me in life, and she was one of them. 
So, because she rarely ever come up and said anything negative. It was always, oh, I've been out and we've spoken to this person. We've prayed for this person. You know, and it was just lovely. It was joyful uh, to talk, talk to her. And, you know, just give her a round of applause. Because she, you know, honestly, it's just, she was... She really was a, a, a lovely lady. So I know some of you are already being used by God, but, and I don't mean just support in the next project. See, but are we available? Are you and I available to share the gospel with, gospel with one of our neighbours and friends who needs to hear the gospel? You know, we're too busy sometimes to even take a few moments just to say hello to our neighbour. And some people say, they never speak. Well, they do if you go over to them sometimes and just ask them how they are. Sometimes we stand off because they don't speak to us that often, and you know neighbours can be quite introvert. Uh, you know, you know, some of them probably they know I'm coming along, but um, it's uh, no, my neighbours are great, but they are quite shy. But if I go over and stop and sp- cut in the grass or doing something, I go over and speak to them. They'll chat, and we have some really good conversations. He turned up at our Christmas. We had a Christmas uh, uh, evening, and he turns up on his own. The guy that doesn't speak very much. You know, and so I think we have to work on building relationships. What about those friends or those neighbours as well that are going through tough times? I'd love, I won't do it because of the sake of time this afternoon, but I'd love to read you a text, some texts from a, a Christian that uh, he found out that someone's son had been diagnosed at 18 months with a brain tumour, or 13 months actually with a brain tumour. And just some of the texts and going back and forth, you know, from this, uh, from this Christian about this chap's, this chap's son, and just the chap saying, thank you so much for praying for me. Thank you so much. So, yeah, these are the things we can do. Just the little things sometimes open the door of heaven for some of, some of the people that, we are, uh, that, that we're, we're with. So you might say, well, you know, what about this Sunday coming? Have you, have you got anyone on your mind who you want to, you know, let's not think about our Easter eggs. Let's think about who would we love to get to this building next Sunday. Easter, Easter Sunday. You know, is there someone, if you've got someone on your mind, you might say, well, it's only one person. They won't miss me bringing one person. That one person you don't bring might just be the person that changes it for everybody else. See, anyone know who Albert McMakin was? Heard his name? Some of you have probably heard me mention him before. Well, Albert McMakin was a 24-year-old farmer who had recently come to Christ, and he was so full of enthusiasm that he'd filled a truck with people and took them to a, I think it was a revival meeting or a meeting to hear about Jesus. There was this good-looking farmer's son, and he was especially keen to get to a meeting. But this young man was hard to persuade. He was busy falling in and out of love with different girls and did not seem to be attracted to Christianity. Eventually, Albert McMakin managed to persuade him to come by allowing him to drive his truck, because he was only 16 years old, and he said, if, let you drive him a truck. He said, uh, will you come to the meeting? And so the guy went, to, uh, the, uh, went as Albert's guest, and he decided to go in. So he drove the truck, but he was, went into the meeting as well. And he was spellbound, and he began to have thoughts like he'd never had before. He went back again and again until one night he went forward and gave his life to Jesus Christ. See, that man, the driver of that truck, that young lad, was Billy Graham. The year was 1934. Since then, Billy Graham has led millions and millions of people to faith in Christ. Now, how many people came 
through Billy Graham's crusades? I did. I was one of those people that somebody stepped out and invited me as a young man and said, do you want to come to a meeting? Do you remember there when they, it was satellited down in the old cinema? For those of us that might have gone in Basingstoke, it was satellited. But it was somebody who stepped out in faith and invited me uh, to go uh, to that meeting. It changed my life, folks. Why am I so passionate about Jesus? Because it changed my life. I was empty. I was, I was absolutely, I honestly do not know where I would be now if I hadn't met Christ. And I true that. And some people can say, well, it's just a rock for you to lean on. I don't care if it's a rock to lean on because it's the best rock I've ever lent on. It really is the... You know, may I ask, you know, are we... Oh, sorry, let me just tell you this other one. Because people are afraid to ask because people turn you down, don't they? It's hard, isn't it, when people turn you down? I remember asking someone to an alpha um, going, I knew Mandy was pushing, she, was, she, she emailed me one day, uh, texted me, she said, I've, I've invited six people to the alpha course. And I'm thinking, I haven't invited that many, I need to make sure I start inviting a, f- a few more. So anyway, I, um, I, I invited this friend to um, an alpha course, and he said, look, mate, he said, to be perfectly honest, it's not for me. And I was really, you know what it's like, I thought, well, okay, no worries, no worries, mate, you know, not bothered, of course I am, but, um, you know, but actually it was fine, I didn't do it, I still, he's still my friend, he's still one of my best friends, I still love him as a, as a friend. Anyway, I go around for dinner, this was about a year or so ago, I go around for dinner a few months ago, and I'm sat at the dinner table at his house, and out of the blue he just says, do you want to say grace over dinner? Hold on, am I at the same out? You know, th- this was the guy that said he wasn't interested and now he's asked me to bless the food in the house and say grace over dinner. I don't know what God's doing in his life. He might not jump into an alpha course, but there's something there that's happening in his life for him to say that I want you to ask your God to bless my food. So may I ask then, so are we available enough? Are we willing to leave it to everybody else? Are we willing to be used? And please, um, uh, one of the things I do want to say here, I know some of you find it hard because you might say, I'm not that confident and I struggle in certain situations. I couldn't, I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that. So you almost disqualify yourself. And I would just say, please don't disqualify yourself. Because it's not in your strength, it's in God's strength. Because in Christ it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Doesn't it? And if you look at some of the people that you know, had issues and had problems, Moses stuttered, he also murdered someone, but, uh, you know, but he stuttered. Miriam was a gossip, John Mark was rejected by Paul, David had an affair, Solomon was filthy rich, Jesus was poor, Gideon and Thomas were doubters, Elijah was suicidal, Martha was a worrier, and Noah got drunk. <gasps> terrible. Uh, Jeremiah was too young. Abraham was too old. Peter was afraid of death. Lazarus was deaf, and yet God used them all. (laughs) And yet God used them all. You know, why does God use us? See, we disqualify ourselves someone sometimes. Now, it's not, it's not God disqualifying you. It's you disqualifying yourself. I've had a really bad day. I've been bad. I can't go and talk to that person. Of course you can. You know, sometimes we, we revel in our own 
problems instead of going out and just helping somebody else get through one of some of their problems as well. And I just really, I really encourage us, sometimes when we're really struggling, the best thing to do is go and help someone. Because we take our eyes off us and we focus on them. And it just does us the world of good. So don't, unqualify, don't disqualify yourself. And then the second to final one, um, changed by Jesus. That donkey was changed by Jesus. No man had ever ridden on that donkey. That donkey had never been ridden. I wonder if the owners, when they, when they come to get the donkey, there was a couple of donkeys there it talks about, doesn't it? I did one of the other passages. They probably said, don't take that one, take this one. No, no, we want this one. He wants a cult. No, no, don't take that one, take this one. And what they really meant was that one was broken in and this one wasn't. And if they take that one, it could be quite interesting for Jesus when they throw the, uh, you know, the blanket on him and, and he jumps on the, uh, uh, the donkey. He might have been you know, bucked off, which, which I think you have to be really... Some friends of mine have got donkeys, actually. And, uh, you know, they, you have to be a bit careful with uh, the donkeys. They're great friends for horses, she tells me, but you have to be really careful uh, uh, with them. But this was an un, untrained donkeys can be very stubborn and do what they want. Now, remember, there would have been a lot of noise. There would have been all the cheers of the people waving the palm branches. This is a baby donkey that's never really been broken in or perhaps been taken into this environment. People were throwing their coats on the floor, so no more, no more were they tread, she tread, it treading on mud. It was now treading on someone's coat that was in front of them. But the thing is, the encounter with that donkey, the encounter with Jesus changed everything, didn't it? Because what it says, they brought the cult to Jesus, they threw their cloaks, or threw the cloaks on it, and then Jesus sat on it. It doesn't say Jesus got bucked off three times. Now, it may be that. I don't know. It could have been, but it doesn't say that here. I don't see it anywhere in the Bible. It says Jesus sat on, 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 you know, sat, on, sat on it. The cult let Jesus sit on him. He wasn't afraid, and it walked uh, with Jesus on its back. See, Jesus can change people. Jesus changed, changes lives. And, you know, who believes Jesus can change lives? Come on, folks. Do we really believe it, don't we? Yeah, there's beautiful then. You've probably heard this story, this story, this story before. And um, there was a man giving his testimony at one of these old Salvation Army open air meetings. And he was testifying. And as he was testifying, a heckler in the crowd yelled, "Why don't you shut up and sit down?" Anyone had that when they've been speaking? Don't let anyone do it to me now. Um, shut up and sit, you know, and sit down. It's, and they also said, "You're just dreaming." Immediately, the heckler felt a tug on his coat, and he looked down to see a little girl and said, Sir, may I speak to you? That man talking up there is my daddy. Daddy used to be a drunkard. He used to spend all the money he made on whiskey. My mother was very, very sad and would cry most of the time. Sometimes when daddy came home, he would hit my mother. I did not have shoes or a nice dress to wear to school. But look at my shoes and see this pretty dress. My daddy bought these. But this little girl was not through with this heckler. She said, see my mother's face over there? She's the one with the bright smile on her face. She's happy now. She even sings when she's doing the ironing. Now that's interesting, isn't it? If someone sings anything. It says, then this little girl said, Mister, if my daddy's dreaming, please do not wake him up. 
because that's the transformational power of Jesus Christ in someone's life. But the transformational power of Jesus changes people. It changed me, and I am sure it's changed each and every uh, one, one, of, one of you. you know, I love that song, and I'll probably get told off for this anyway, but I don't care. Um, you know, he touched me, he touched me. Oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something has happened, and now I know he touched me. You know, it goes, shackled by a heavy burden, neath the Lord of guilt and shame. Then the hand of Jesus touched me. I'm no longer am I the same. Oh, he touched me, yes, he touched me. And all that joy that floods my soul, something's happened, and now I know he's touched me and made me whole. Folks, he definitely changed my life. And anyone that knew me, and people, you know, people who know my, you know a bit about my story, when I became a Christian, I became a Christian. I thought Jesus was in, was, he was in my mind, but he wasn't in my heart. I believed in this God, but I didn't really know this God. And Jesus just changed me. He radically changed me. And he changed me so much that my parents saw the change in me. And my mum became a Christian. My dad became a Christian. My sister became a Christian. My wife became a Christian. My wife's mother-in-law became. Why? Because they'd seen the change. And it wasn't just, you know, I couldn't just say, oh, I'm a Christian. You know, come along and join. They saw something had changed. There was a peace in me. There was a joy in me that didn't matter. It wasn't all about circumstances. You know, and that's, that's something I've, I've found. You know, happiness is about our circumstances. Joy is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. That even through the difficult times, we can have joy. We can have hope. You know, I went through you know, similar things with Dave and with, with Mandy. Exactly my mum passed away of the same thing. And we nursed her just like So I knew how Dave felt at that time. And it was really raw. It was even rawer for me because I knew once I heard what Mandy had that how, seri- how serious it, it, it was. But the thing is, I knew my mum had hope. I knew my dad had hope. And I knew it wasn't goodbye. It's going to be see you later, the same as it is for Mandy. And it was a joy to see Dave stand up and say that. That's the hope and the promises. Death is not the end. So we don't have to fear death. None of us want to die. But actually, we don't have to fear death anymore. Because Jesus said we've got the promise of eternity uh, with, with, with him. And that's what happened in my life. See, I want to stop talking about the donkey and just talk about Jesus now. I'll be turned. See, the, triumph, the triumphal entry fulfilled that promise. Jesus proclaimed himself as king. Up until that point, Jesus had gone around quite veiled about who he was. You know, he was healing people and doing all these really massive miracles. But don't tell anyone or be careful. You know, he might have told them to go and tell a few people. But he was really being a bit guarded, wasn't he, um, about it. So he had, the ve- he had a veil almost over his life. But actually, what happens was now he's taking the veil off because he's fulfilling the promise of, you know, of what God had, had said he was going to do in Zechariah 9. He's fulfilling that, uh, that, that, that promise where he's going to go on a donkey and he's going to go into Jerusalem. And it was all part of the plan. 
Jesus told him three to, whoops, Jesus told him three times that he was going to die. He knew that that was what he was, uh, what he was, what he's going. But the thing was, his death and resurrection was the establishment of the kingdom that he came to create. You know, that's um, that's what happened. It was an establishment of his kingdom that he that he came to create. See, God loves you so so much. He loves me, and I know he I know um, he, he 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 loves me, but. In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his life, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have it. See, it's about this. Jesus died on that cross for us. Because of the resurrection, we can come and know that our Savior is Lord. I think I missed a slide out here. Um, so it's... Uh, knowing that we were chosen by him because he first loved us. He cleansed us from all our sin and we're now free to do his will. And he changed. You know, we can change uh, by his presence. It's not us. Sometimes we find it hard and it's, it's the presence of Jesus. It's an encounter with Jesus that can change and make things, uh, make things new. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the Saviour of the world. And next, you know, this Sunday coming, when we come, you know, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be celebrating Easter. We're going to be celebrating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who died and then rose again, went, you know, went to, well, yeah, went to the cross for you and I, and he died and rose again. See, his death is not the, cor- you know, his death, sorry, when he was going to Jerusalem, people thought he was going to get his throne. And in the end, he didn't just get a throne, he got a cross, didn't he? But the thing is, his death is the coronation. His death was the resurrection and was the establishment of that kingdom that he came to create. You know, that was, it says here, it says, this is the, in 1 Corinthians, it says, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death, by, by man, sorry, for since death came by man, by man also came the resurrection from the dead. For us in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order. Christ the first fruits afterwards. Those who are Christ will be at, are in Christ will be at his coming. So Jesus our Messiah, he is the Passover lamb. He took the sin of the whole world upon himself for me, for you, and for everybody out there and everybody in anywhere else where... Uh, where, where, we, where we mix. You know, he willingly became our sacrificial lamb. See, we remember and celebrate Palm Sunday, both the triumphal entry and the day that Christ, our Passover, was set, a, set apart as the lamb without blemish or defect to be sacrificed for our sins. It's because of the death and resurrection of Jesus we can come to Jesus knowing we're chosen by him. We're cleansed from our sin. We're changed and free to do his will. This is our King and Saviour and Lord. And as I say, next, month, next Sunday we will be celebrating that. And let's really celebrate when we get together next week. Folks, I'm just sorry if it's gone on a bit long, but just want to say God bless you. I just want to thank you. Um, uh, thank you so much for, for all, all, you, all you've, uh, you're listening to me anyway today. So thank you. Thank you.